Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I am really pleased to have with me on the line Skylar Irvine. Skylar is the founder and CEO of Rensler Media, a digital production company that helps entrepreneurs and small businesses tell their unique stories and support their brands with technology and social media. He believes that everyone has their own path to success, one based on distinctive ideas and interests that are, that are separate from every good entrepreneur from their competition. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how narrowing your focus can help you grow your business without being active on every single social media platform. It's going to be an excellent discussion today. Skylar, thank you so much for joining me. Jeff, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. So, you know, we were talking a little bit about, you know, in the pre-call about, you know, creating videos and, you know, creating social media content and like, you know, some of the thankless parts of actually producing that stuff is like, you know, you got to edit it. You got to like put it together. There's so much more that goes into this besides, you know, just uh, recording a video and putting it up on YouTube. Can you please talk a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today? And also, like, how did this all come about with you uh, producing a book that talks about this as well? Well, that's a fantastic question. I don't think I can even fit it in in a show this length. But long story short, I've always had a passion for marketing. I've always had a passion for investing and in, in being passionate about how businesses succeed over time and how technology gives the underdog an opportunity to compete with the incumbents or the big guys. And whether it's when we had three television channels and if you were a big company like GE or Gillette, you could just outspend everyone else and prevent your competition from even creating a commercial to compete with you because you could just buy it all up. When cable comes out, we've got more channels. It's harder to do that. It creates more opportunities for new people to enter that arena. And we've never seen it quite like we do today with social media and new digital content apps. And that's always been really fascinating to me. I used it personally to build a real estate business on the back of Facebook organic content when I had pivoted into the world of helping people buy and sell real estate. And at the time, it was looked down upon. It was I was a lazy person because I didn't want to go door knock on the weekends and talk to strangers or cold call. That was what you were supposed to do when you were young. And uh, meanwhile, I was like, well, that doesn't seem like it's a good use of time. I could create a video and put it up on Facebook and reach 10 people 20 people, 100 people in a week, whereas I could knock on doors all day and maybe reach a few. And even then, it wasn't that good of a conversion. And meanwhile, that video I made 10 years ago is still out there generating new business and introducing itself to new people. To me, that made a ton of sense. I thought it was obvious, but 
it took a long time for the incumbent companies, the really big, expensive real estate businesses out there who had really fancy offices and really expensive websites that I couldn't compete with as a new person. So I could dominate in a place like Facebook and not worry about trying to buy an expensive office with money I didn't have or try to buy a website and, and build that out with money that I didn't have. I could just be awesome at Facebook. And luckily, Facebook did what it did and it grew and got very popular. But even before then, it, it made a lot of sense logistically. That concept has really been fascinating to me. And I've wanted to basically create that opportunity for other businesses saying, hey, if you've got a great message and you are good at what you do, a lot of those people have a hard time talking about themselves. They struggle with marketing. They struggle with social media today because it's a lot of talking about themselves and they don't want to do those things. So what I wanted to do was create an opportunity to help those people share their stories without them feeling uncomfortable or having to self-promote. Because when you're passionate about what you do, the confidence and the passion is obvious and people typically want to work with people who are really passionate about what they want to do. We talked about it just before we came on here about getting excited about doing video. It's, it's one thing to get excited about doing video. It's another thing to get so excited about video that you're willing to buy the cameras, learn how to use them, learn how to film yourself, learn how to edit, learn how to upload, because all of those are additional obstacles that have nothing to do with your actual business. If you're a realtor, if you're a lender, if you're in sales, whatever happens to be, these are entirely new skill sets that now you have to learn. And if there's a way to basically still create that content that looks professional without having to learn all those things, that's where my business came in when we launched Rensler Media. You touched a little bit about the book as well. Well, I wanted to spend the last year during the pandemic and take on this challenge of how do you create a book in written form that is about social media that doesn't become obsolete in three or six months? And you can't do that by talking about how to hack the platforms because the algorithm is constantly changing. But what doesn't change is that the technological aspect of getting people's attention, either through written word, seeing images, watching something or listening to something has always been around. Whether it's print, billboards, newspaper ads, listening to the radio or watching television. Now it's TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. The technologies at the core are still the basic same things. So if you are someone who is trying to get your business out there, grow your business, connect with more customers while utilizing these platforms, which are amazing because they create an awesome opportunity for new businesses to compete with the incumbents. How do you do it? What's the first step? How do you even begin? Because there's too much out there. There's too much noise. And when I wrote the book, Niche Please, it was, okay, here's how to answer this question for yourself at any given time, whether it's 20 years in the future when technologies change and it's all VR and, and wearing wearables and it's not on our phones anymore, whatever. It's still about getting people's attention, sharing your message with them and connecting with them in a way that they trust you that when they need their problem solved by you, whether it's a, a service or a product, that they're gonna buy from you or they're gonna recommend you from someone else. And that's where Niche Please came in. And again, this is all a very just tip of the iceberg stuff, trying to get it out in a quick manner. But hopefully that answers your question in a way that at least touched on all aspects of what you're asking. You know, it does. And thank you so much for that explanation. But, you know, as digital marketers, right, we get a lot of questions. We get bombarded with a lot of, hey, have you seen this? Or have you heard that? Have you gone on Clubhouse yet? Right. So Clubhouse is like, oh, all podcasters need to be on Clubhouse. I'll tell you for myself, like, I ain't got time for that. 
right? I do not have time for that. It's like listening to, it's like listening to a bunch of uh, conference calls that are, that in some cases are just unmoderated. And it's like, no, I don't have time for this. You know, it's not targeted. What I'm going to wait my turn in order to speak with Grant Cardone. It's not for me. It works for other people and I get it and God bless them. And I wish you, you know, I wish you the best using that platform. But what happens is that if you try to go too far and wide, you know, with these, uh, you know, with all of these social channels that you have, you will probably not end up mastering any of them, right? I mean, you know, you really need to figure out what works for you, not only what works for you, but what works for your business and what works for your customers as they mm -hmm. interact with you, right? Yeah. And a lot of that, I mean, trying to be everywhere all the time leads to burnout. Inevitably, your content's never going to be that great anywhere because you're either mentally trying to say, how do I format this image that will work across LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram versus I'm only on Instagram. Here's the format that I'm going to follow so I can build a consistent brand message. And that's too difficult to do if you're trying to do everything at once. And it's, I mean, we see it in the real world, like in the jungle, like when a cheetah is going after a herd of animals, they're not chasing after all of them. They've picked one that they're going after and they're going to chase it until they get it or they don't get it. If it constantly was trying to change from one side to the next, that like, it, it, it doesn't work that way. We've evolved not to even do that. When it comes to our own digital marketing, when it comes to our own business, trying to be everything to everyone is just the only surefire way not to be anything to anyone. You're just not going to be able to succeed. It's hard to remember the person who does it all versus the person who's an expert at that one thing. When it comes to your own content, it's the same thing. New technology is always going to come. We call it shiny object syndrome where you're focused on one thing, you see something shiny over there and you're distracted and, and you go and do that. If you're very confident in the type of content you create, for example, if you have got a YouTube show and it's successful and your video platform is great and people love watching it, when something like Clubhouse comes around and you need to ask yourself, well, do we need to be on Clubhouse? Well, if you're creating video content for a video medium and an audience that approve, like appreciates your video, then you just know you've answered your own question. You don't have to consider doing uh, Clubhouse. Clubhouse can come. You'd be like, all right, well, that's not me. And it's not because it's a hot popular thing. It's just because your audience isn't there. So it's a waste of time. The content that you're currently making doesn't fit into that platform. And it, it makes it easier for you to just say, okay, because this is my media niche and this is my content niche, that new shiny object doesn't fit for me. So I can easily have the confidence to say no. A lot of what I wanted to do in the book, Niche Please, was give these people the confidence of knowing that what they're doing is the right thing and stop being distracted by the other things because it's already hard enough to succeed. You don't need to put additional obstacles in front of yourself. Having the narrow focus to stick with something because it's going to get hard. You're going to get to a point where maybe things are going really well. Then all of a sudden an upload doesn't work. You've lost your file and it sucks and something goes wrong. And it's an easy way to be like, all right, this isn't working for me. I'm going to start all over on something else now. You've got to have the confidence to push through those learning curves because they're going to happen to everyone. And when you have that confidence, then you're able to break through and see that success, which usually compounds once you get to week 50. Like if you're doing something once a week, a year goes by, you've done 50 pieces of content. By that 50th one, it's building all of the other 49 you've already done before. But too many people quit after three or four because it's not getting the results of the person they're comparing themselves to who's been doing it for three or four years. The best piece of advice for a lot of these people is if you're trying to emulate another piece of content, 
go look at their first pieces of content, not where they are today, because you're actually, you should be like, you're at their start. You're not at their middle. You're not at their end. And seeing at someone at their end can be very, very, very disheartening for someone who's already dealing with so much stuff that comes with just running a business on its own, let alone trying to create content around your business. That is so true, man. But, you know, when I feel that, you know, a lot of people when they're starting out, when they're trying to diversify the media and the content that they're producing, and I'll be honest, myself included, right? I thought that I needed to, you know, like, well, everyone was making YouTube videos, so I needed to make YouTube videos. Everyone was, uh, you, you know, podcasts are easy to make, so maybe I should make a, maybe I should make a podcast as well. Everyone's going live, so now I should go live, right? And the fact of the matter is, you know, if you really break down what some of these pros are doing, at the end of the day, they're probably they're not necessarily investing, you know, so much money. You know, at the most, they're probably doing, you know, they probably have a decent, you know, DSLR camera. They probably have a decent microphone, right? But all that's, you know, a couple of bills and you're done. What comes after that is the talent. And where do you focus your talent on, right? So let's talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit. Is that you know, you can't just say like, I'm a digital marketer and I help all small businesses, right? That is just way too wide. You know, like if you're going to talk, I mean, if you're going to try to sell the doctors and then the hairstylists, that's not going to work. And really what yeah, you I need think, to think about it. No, I was just going to say the biggest step for, for the existing business who's trying to determine where they should be spending their time on content creation is is always working backwards. If you've got an existing business, it's easier than if you've got a brand new business, but you start with who your client is, who's your target audience, who are you trying to reach? And then you move on to where are they already spending their time? Because if you're trying to get someone who never listens to podcasts to listen to your podcast, well, now you have to teach them so many new things that it's never gonna work long-term. But if you have an audience who's already spending a ton of time on a platform, and that's the exact demographic and person that you are trying to reach on a regular basis, then it answers your question for you. You need to be there. The flip side is is understanding that just because you have to focus on one doesn't mean you're going to do that forever. If you're trying to build out a show and do a podcast, YouTube channel, and then Instagram video clips, it's way better to just focus on the podcast first so it can succeed. And then you can pivot and add additional things to it. It'll get easier each new thing you add versus trying to do it all at once. And the best hack is if you've done 50 episodes in a year and you want to start repurposing that content onto Instagram, well, you already know what content to get because you can look back in the last year and say, what performed the best? Okay, this is the best content. I'm going to repurpose this instead of all 50. I'm just going to take these 10 and get the best snippets out of that. And now my Instagram will actually perform even better because I've already pre-decided which content the audience wants to hear and listen to the most. And that's a really interesting hack that people don't appreciate enough that this becomes your strength. This narrow focus becomes such a strength long-term because people are constantly looking at what everyone else is doing. They see what their competition is doing. Even if their competition is doing something that isn't leading to actual sales, it's just leading to like more likes than their current content. Business owners go nuts over that stuff. They say, well, I want to do what they're doing. And it's like, no, if you're doing something for the purpose of getting more business and it's working, then you don't need to worry about views and shares and likes. Those are two different messages. If you want to create for a big audience and get more likes and views, well, then your content's going to be different and it's not going to be content that drives sales and business and you won't be in business long. It's okay if you just want to have more likes and followers and subscribers, but you just have to understand that that type of content serves a different audience versus 
the content that drives sales that eventually puts money in your pocket. And for most businesses, that's what they need to be focusing on. So let me ask you then, when a business comes to you and, you know, they come with these grandiose ideas that, you know, I, w- I want to be on YouTube, I want to be on Instagram, I want to be on TikTok, right? And you sort of have to reel them in, right? And get them to start thinking about, you know, well, who is your ideal customer? And again, if they come at you too broad, you know, you need to help them understand how narrowing your focus, because any business person is going to, is going to listen to that and be like, wait, you want me to reduce the number of people that I'm talking to, or you want me to increase, right? So first of all, it's narrowing the focus of who you're talking to. Like, I don't just want to talk to, you know, like OBGYN doctors. I want to talk to the ones that, you know, that also do other types of procedures, or I want to talk to ones that, uh, you know, that also have a spa inside their practice, right? You know, so you can go far and wide. There are plenty of doctors here in the United States that you can talk to, but the ones that actually specialize in certain procedures and in certain areas, you know, that really helps them, you know, like niche it down so that they're having a very precise conversation. How do you help convince businesses that when you do narrow your focus, it helps them grow their bottom line when they're, you know, when they're implementing those processes? You know, the only way I can convince them is when they actually see it happen no one really ever believes it until they see it. And the amount of times you talk with successful business owners who are like, yeah, once I scale down and cut out the fat, things really skyrocketed. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And one of them is is you're, you're more easily remembered if you have a specialty. People can put you in a mental category that is really important because when it comes time to need that thing, they automatically think of you. And that's like a really crucial aspect in a very, very noisy world. We live in a really noisy world. You mentioned it. Should I start a podcast? Because it's so easy to start a podcast. Well, because it's so easy to start a podcast, everyone has a podcast. So how is your podcast going to be different? How is it going to stand out? And the really interesting thing is the fact that when you do narrow your focus, you don't lose out on that other business that you're also trying to chase. If you become an expert in a category and you own that spot in people's minds, they come to you for other things saying, hey, who would you recommend that do this? And maybe you do that or maybe you refer it out. Ideally, you refer it out because you then create a network of I do this. I'm going to find referral partners for everything else. So that way, if they have a niche, I have a niche, they'll refer me all their business. I'll refer them my business. Both of our businesses will grow. That's how business works. But people don't come to that conclusion until they've seen it themselves. And there's this real fear of losing out on any business. And what happens for a lot of small businesses, especially is I want to help every single possible lead become a customer. And when you spend so much time trying to turn a no into a yes, you miss out on all the chances. You can just be finding new yeses. You can just be looking for people that are looking for you and want to hire you, want to buy your product already. They just don't know you exist. If you spend more time on just finding the yeses and less time trying to turn no's into yeses, business will get easier and business will get better and you'll have more time to do the things you want to do, whether it's more content or whether it's go home early and spend time with your kids. Both of those things happen when you're able to narrow your focus and not try to be everything to everyone all the time. You know, I love that advice because it's, it, it's so actionable, right? And it, and also, you you know, you brought to light something that I didn't really articulate beforehand. You know, you try to explain it to them, you try to sell it to them, but if you're trying to sell to somebody who either refuses to believe, doesn't understand what you're talking about, you really are just wasting your breath. You know, at the end of the day, you have to sell them on trust, right? Like, listen, I know what I'm talking about. I've done it for, you know, X number of other clients. Here's what I can do for you. I know your industry. I know the challenges that you're uh, that you're taking. 
So let's just go ahead and do it and make it happen. And then you will see. Right. And that's really mm-hmm. getting them to see how that works is, you know, that's the gold. That's when you know you converted them and you made a life that you made a lifetime client. Yeah. yeah. Building that trust definitely builds a lifetime client. And then more importantly, because social media is social, it creates a sales force for you where if some random stranger says, hey, I need a help with dog walking, does anyone know a dog walker? And you've got four of your clients post on there saying, John's dog walking is the best. He's the nicest, most trustworthy person ever. I love him with my dog. That's not advertising. That's not paid media. That is how a lot of small business, shop local, local business is done today, is people not going to Yelp, not going to Google. It's just going to the network and say, hey, I need the help with this. Who would you recommend? And if you've got your customers are recommending you, that's your sales force out there. If you build that trust with those people, they start selling for you. And that leads to a lot of exponential growth that because you're consistent on a platform and then they click on your link and go to your page and they see a lot of consistency there, that's the new business card. People aren't handing out your business cards. People are commenting on Instagram, tagging you to it saying this. And understanding that and not being afraid of it and really appreciating it is a, a it's a crucial step for businesses today and a lot of business owners what i find will hire their niece to come run their social media the niece doesn't know anything about the business a summer goes by the niece is gone they haven't posted on their account in six months and they're like yeah facebook doesn't work for us we tried it it's like no you didn't try it you had someone that didn't know anything about your business try to create content for it it, it, I compare it to the movie Armageddon when they try to teach all the oil drillers or the rock drillers how to become astronauts, saying that's easier than teaching astronauts how to drill. It's like, that's not true at all. It's way easier to teach astronauts how to drill. Same thing with business. It's way easier to teach your business owner who you are a little bit about social media than it is to try to teach your social media uh, intern everything about your business. And when you know everything about your business, it's way easier to create content for it. You just have to not be afraid of creating content for your business to use it as a way to attract business. And and that's a really crucial thing is a lot of what I deal with is fear and different forms of fear, whether it's procrastination, like, well, I got to buy a new camera before I start my YouTube channel. So now I've got a new camera and it box sitting there for six months without starting a YouTube channel, or it's actual fear of losing everything they had because they put out a video that's bad and it goes viral for the wrong reasons. And then they go bankrupt because no one wants to work with them again. Those things don't happen, but everyone does have those same fears and it, it doesn't go away unless you actually push through it. Usually by bringing in some help. I love that, you know, because basically what you touched on is that, you know, people think, and actually I had someone ask me this question, like, why are you paying people to, to post things on social media that they would probably do for themselves anyways, right? They're already posting recipes and pictures of cats. Why are you paying these people, you know, to post for you? I'm like, well, these people aren't just posting pictures of cats for my clients, right? They're doing research. They're looking to see what messages uh, resonate with them. They're counting the likes and the followers and the views to see what exactly is happening. And then we're capitalizing on that, right? So, you know, the idea of bringing in your niece, you know, to do social media because you see her handling the phone for 23 hours out of the day. That's not a good strategy, especially when you're talking about, well, you know, this is a business that you built and, you know, I get, you'll, you'll probably do a lot better by just giving your niece some money and hiring someone real, you know, that understands these numbers and understands these metrics on how they're going to work for you. 
you know? Yeah, it's taking it serious. And you see if, if there's like a tw- like a company tweets something out and everyone laughs and dunks on them saying, oh, that social media intern's getting fired. If anyone actually thinks a social media intern is posting for these brand accounts in 2021, it's ludicrous. Like these are entire departments now because this is the value of it. You can make or break a business with social media in a way that we never could before. Like, like Dollar Shave Club creates a viral video to compete with Schick and Gillette which would have been literally impossible 15 years earlier because just to get it on television would have cost more than what it cost them to actually film the commercial. But YouTube is free. And if you make it in a way that's so good that people want to share it, well, that's an infinite ROI on your investment because you're not spending to push that out there. And understanding that this is opportunity for you, this isn't a scary thing, flips the script, I think, especially if you're someone who got laid off and wants to take their side hustle full time because of the pandemic, or you're starting a brand new business, or you will finally want to take your business online out of fear of of certain elements of it. This is all opportunity. This is your time. This is, this is, it's never been better for you to capitalize on something like this because this would have been literally impossible 15, 20 years ago. Agreed, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Can you please let everyone know where they can learn more about your business and how they can reach out to you directly? Sure. You can connect with me at my website, SkylarIrvine.com. Renzler Media is my company. Same websites, Renzler Media, Instagram, everything as well. Um, And then also Niche Please, available everywhere. It was an Amazon bestseller when it dropped. It's been out for uh, a couple months. Just uh, It's sold anywhere, but Amazon always has it. Some of the other places, it kind of comes and goes with you know, the pandemic infrastructure right now. But yeah, I'd love it. If anyone want to pick up that book, reach out to me. Let me know if you have questions. Happy to connect with anyone. Instagram, Twitter, it all works. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) All right, cool stuff, man. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an excellent conversation. Jeff, thank you very much for having me. Yes, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip Podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable one big tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. If you found the interview that you listened to today useful, could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.